Vibes, vibes. Are you doing a vibe check? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you? I am okay, thanks. How are you? Very well indeed. I just had a delicious croissant fresh out of the cafe oven. Archetype Cafe in Berlin. Very nice indeed. So yeah, I'm ready. All ready to talk football. Deep into roll next season. Listen, we are always in roll next season, but especially now. <laughs> I'm still not joining the crew yet. I'm so proud because I did actually a recent interview about racism in Italian football. You can find it on the Stadio site. Um, did it for BBC World News. Are oh, you stepping on my territory? And I was about to do some admin. <laughs> well, I'm straight in there with the roll deck. Listen, time waits for no roll deck. No shout outs this show, so you're stepping on my toes elsewhere. <laughs> exactly. Um, straight in there. I wore a roll neck for the interview, which you I'm did. very proud of. Yes, I wore it proudly. And a lot of people commented on how glad they were. They did. That you did. It was so wholesome. It's such wholesome content. Is it wholesome content? Mm, it feels wholesome. It's not hurting anyone. I'm a bit rustly because I've got my Arsenal, Arsenal drill retro top. drill top on. <laughs> it's very cool, actually. It is cool, huh? It's very, like, late 90s. Is that Early late? 90s. It's early 90s. Well, I had an original when I was a kid. And it's great, actually. It's great, huh? I'm a little jealous of it, but, you know. But they do a Man United one as well, I think. No, but I want that one. Sometimes when you see someone else's thing, you want it more than if it's your own. Oh, there he is. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the right. true self. Let's do some admin. Sure. Okay, so, yeah, as Musa already spoiled his interview with BBC World News is up on the Stadio site there is also a thing from Dortmund against Leipzig we're going to talk about that later in the podcast but I wrote a piece for the site as well as a bit of a roundup of this Bundesliga English Avoca which is what they call the midweek games and when's your piece going up? Coming up soon it should be up in the next few days Mm -hmm. Uh, just a piece about luck in football and how the part that Luck plays in greatness. Don't give, don't, don't give too much away. It's, it's a nice little trailer. Oof. It's like Christopher Nolan's new film, Oof. Tenet. Just enough to get people excited. You have my attention. There we go. <laughs> and uh, also a little plug. I was on Football Weekly Extra on the phone talking about Dortmund Leipzig yeah. and some other Bundesliga stuff. It was fun though. It was really good, yeah, but I was just really shaky. That platform, the Guardian Football Weekly one, is one where you're so, you're so many listeners there and have listened for years. And when I was on it, same as you, I was just like, so, so rigorous. I was like, this has got to be right. No one listens to Stadio, so it doesn't matter. We can just talk <laughs> shit. But then you're on the Guardian <laughs> podcast. So you're like, you get away with it, exactly. <laughs> we get away with all sorts on here, actually. Yeah. I, I'm actually going to be going on there proper in the studio in a couple of weeks. Oh, fantastic. When I'm in London. Which date is that? Which is? I think the 30th. Good times. Yeah. Anyway, on with our little old podcast. Exactly. What do you want to talk about the, first? The little, po- the little podcast that could. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about the Classico? Yeah, let's get into it. Go on then. So, nil-nil. First nil-nil draw <laughs> right, in 17 let's years. Let's move on to the Bundesliga. <laughs> first nil-nil draw in 17 years. Miguel Delaney went to the game. Do you think it was Miguel's fault? I don't think it was. Poor Miguel. <laughs> Miguel Delaney um, went to the game. It was his first Classico and was rewarded with a nil-nil draw. And an interesting match in that... Well, interesting as in it was uninteresting. It's the um, first... Ooh, well, so- put it this way. It's the first Classico I've ever watched where... I was thinking of getting a black coffee at halftime. Okay. I mean, it was a late game. And so you it was usually take time. milk in your coffee as well. That's true. But this is a black coffee. And I was like, 
the strange thing I saw, I've never seen so much room in front of a Barcelona back four. Mm. Shout out to Federico Valverde, who was one Valverde who actually turned up. Oh. Night. No, I, I felt bad about this. He had a very good performance, 21-year-old midfielder, hammered in three shots from distance, looked He's really been bright. Super impressive this season. He's been great, although he was given so much room. I really feel for Frankie de Jong. Like, Frankie de Jong's like turned up at high school and the cool kids have left. In the, mid, in, the, in the midfield. Kevin Williams wrote a really good tweet about this and I am inclined to agree with him. He said something about, you know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but basically Barca only really make things happen when Frankie de Jong progresses the ball up the pitch. And usually it's because of a mistake. So it's kind of accidental that they actually string three or four passes together at the moment. Right, and that's my issue. unthinkable. Well, that's my issue. You look at Sergio, the midfield um, for Barcelona comprised Sergio Roberto, Rakitic and Frankie de Jong. And the problem, poor Rakitic basically gets punished for not being, or for, for, being, for not being something that he couldn't be. Mm. You do, those two men, Rakitic and Sergio Roberto, at this stage of their careers are not, Playmakers. At one point, Rakitic was, but not so much now. Hasn't got the legs. Maybe is a step slower. Lacks maybe the sort of the elite level of vision. And you look at like someone like Man City. Man City have got you know Gundogan. Can you imagine Gundogan alongside De Jong? Ugh. And then Busquets behind them. Oh, stop it! I tweeted last night and got away with it because I think it was a bit of a hot take. I was like, <laughs> they should have bought someone like Pulisic, like who is a wonderful decision maker, can play transition against deep lying defenses. De Jong and Pulisic either side of a Busquets. That's opening up teams all over the place. But at the moment, you look at that Barca team and Napoli are not afraid. Yeah, there's not a lot of cohesion there. It's a mess. It really is a mess. Absolute mess. And the signing of Antoine Griezmann and playing him where they are playing him is quite baffling. He's taken a lot of flack this season, Griezmann, for not being in as good form as he has been the last few seasons for Atleti. I think it should be the opposite. I think he's played pretty well considering the circumstances. Absolutely. He's done really... Yeah. The Barca team right now reminds me of, you know when you move house and you don't remember where your cutlery is? So the first two days you're eating, you know, like you've got like seven knives. And it's like that. It's like the Barca team now is like seven knives. You're like, what? where is everything? And Griezmann is trying to find, bless him, he's trying to find his room. But Suarez is up ahead of him. Mm. He looks behind him and there's no cohesive passing. Messi is kind of floating. I mean, Messi, to be honest, you know what Pep would do? Pep would just come in and be like, okay, Messi and De Jong, you're the two eights. He would. He'd yeah. make them into the two eights and then he, would, he might drop Suarez or he would just put Anzu Fati and Griezmann either side of Suarez and have the fullbacks push really high up and auto- automatically you've got match control. Mm. And it was so strange to see Messi out of sorts had a terrible touch where he maybe should have scored but he hadn't had the ball for so long. He was probably surprised to see it. Probably needed to warm up again. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, I know, we know Messi walks around. Messi walks around most of the time because he knows the play will pick up. On that occasion, he was just like, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, I think Real Madrid was so dominant in that first half and weirdly so. I, don't, I can't remember the last time I saw Real Madrid that dominant in the new camp. Tony Cruz was having the time of his life. Mm. I feel a little bit sorry for Marc-Andreas Stegen, who at one point there was a slow-mo camera shot on him, I think midway through the first half. And he looked like he wanted to deck all of the Barca players because there was that five-minute period where Real Madrid were just raining shots down on the Barca goal. Gerard Piquet rescued them as well. Yeah, although he was a little bit lucky to have not given away a penalty, I thought. Yeah, it was a touch. The, t- the takeaway from this game for me was I, I, I found myself just obsessing with it all the way through the game. I was just thinking, Simeone must look at these two sides and be like, why the hell did we sell Griezmann now? Because they're there for the taking. 
Do you know what though? They still do the right business. I would actually, if I was Simeone, I think I'd momentarily be like, oh my goodness. Then I'd be in, we got Joao Felix. And they looked good yeah, against, true, yeah. they looked good against Osasuna. They did look good. Could Atleti have still got Joao Felix without the Griezmanns? No, I don't think no? so. No, no, not for that outlay. And they couldn't have got it from selling a few pieces elsewhere. No, because they got this debt problem as well. Their outlay in terms of wages is big. Oh, really? Yeah, it's so weird. I thought, oh yeah, a bit of a minnow. Then I was like, no, they're, they're, really, they're, they're a behemoth who are kind wow. of living beyond their means. Behemoth? Yeah, a behemoth. Huh. I say behemoth. Well, do you know what? It's like, what's that other word that I migraine, always say? Migraine, migraine. Yeah, exactly. You always say migraine. That's true. Uh, you were doing a reading last week, poetry reading. Was it last week or the week before? And you said migraine in it and I nearly, last week. I nearly heckled. You should have. <laughs> migraine. <laughs> heckled all the time. It'd be the podcast. Migraine, migraine. Um, Kelter, selter. I think, yeah. No, I've cut that out, thankfully. <laughs> but I think that they did good business at Letty. Maybe they're one of the, I can't, I'm really looking forward to the Atleti Liverpool Champions League tie. I think they're the most dangerous, weirdly enough, in terms of matchups of the three Spanish teams. City will not have been nervous watching that performance by Madrid. And Napoli will have been salivating, frankly, over all the gaps. Mm. As you were at the top, I suppose. Indeed. Well, I suppose they're a point, both a point further ahead than they were. But. I mean, this league has so much to go in terms of teams that will drop points and yeah. gain points. I love how Rail's crisis was like, oh, it lasted like, what, two and a half months? I mean, fair play to Zidane for turning it around because, you know, it wasn't long ago that people were saying that Jose Mourinho was back there. Actually, Zidane's not quite getting enough credit for that, is he? If you think about it, I mean, they've got the resources, but he's not quite getting the credit. I don't think the Classico has been great. that great for probably since Messi held his shirt up at the Bernabeu. I think was the last great Classico. Still the greatest moment in a football derby I've seen. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> My favourite, I just, I'm sorry, I've said this before, but that was when Messi, I've, I felt, I've never found him so relatable. Mm. Because when I saw that, I think Kevin Williams again said, oh my goodness, Messi feels it. Because he's a fan. He's a Barca fan who's been there since a teenager. And he's took and it. he yeah. hates it. And I was like, that is the most ultra thing I've seen an elite footballer do. It's so relatable. Like it's so Sunday league. It's like, you know, everyone can relate to that Hackney Marsh's last minute winner and you run over to the crowd and like, the dads are about to attack you. I'm or you, like, or you know perfect. when you get like some really not particularly great top level footballers who score and they do the thing where they point to their name on the back and you're like, all right, mate, yeah. it's your first goal in nine years or something. But you know, and you're a striker. Messi. And then Messi finally holds up his shirt. Yes. Oh, just, oh, There's the best thing about, sorry, slightly digression, but the, 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 actually to elaborate on that, when Messi holds up his shirt to the crowd, there's, if you can find on YouTube the footage from behind oh, the goal, there's a guy <laughs> doing his fingers like the bullhorns. <laughs> And I think it's a symbol of like warding off the devil. <laughs> and he's just going, jabbing his balls. And Messi's just there going, yeah. And yeah. he's nodding and yeah, take this. Yeah. <laughs> um, shall we leave the Clasco? Yeah. yeah Come back do. to Germany. Yeah, let's do it. Game of the week, Dortmund Leipzig. I mean, that, this was wild. This was like, for NBA fans, this was like watching the Phoenix Suns in the early 2000s. Like just end to end. High speed, like... Second half, maybe, but the first half was very much Dortmund controlling the game, actually. You know, second half, it was a little bit... Yeah, by the end, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the main thing was that Dortmund had so much control in the first half and they completely lost control the second half within 10 minutes. Yeah, I was there. It was my first night game at the Veshwan Stadion. Sorry to be a bit cheeky, but just give us a bit of a sense of, like, what it was like to to be there. I mean, how did you get there? What was the... I got the bus. I took the coach there. Look at that, Ryan, going cross-country. <laughs> 10 euros. The things, the things we do for our audience. <laughs> yeah, like I say, it was my first night game there and I, I couldn't recommend it as much as I could recommend it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It wouldn't do it justice. It's 
I think probably my favorite place to watch football. Wow. In in person. It's I think it's the greatest stadium I've been to. I've been there before, but I, for a night game it was unreal. And it was the last um last time game before the winter break. And uh I posted a video of it on the piece actually about they have a tradition where there's a children's choir sings some carols before the last home game before the winter break it's actually the, I didn't write it in the it, write it in the piece but it's the last time they're doing it because the choir are kind of disbanding because they, oh. they can't sign the kids up anymore so but uh, seeing 20 odd thousand people out or in the Sioux Tribune jumping up and down to Jingle Bells and singing along was quite fun very loud and let's just say the Dortmund Ultras do not like RB Leipzig <laughs> my goodness so there were a lot of whistles when the names were being read out. There was a lot of whistles whenever, you know, anything happened r- relating to the Leipzig team. But first half, Dortmund were absolutely brilliant. Probably the best I've seen them under five. Probably the best I've seen them since some of the peak Tuchel era stuff. Wow, that's big. The first 10 minutes, Leipzig were okay, but they just couldn't get near them. Dortmund were escaping the press so easy. Leipzig didn't have a single shot at all until after half an hour. Berkey didn't have to make a save until stop, uh, stoppage time. Stoppage. <laughs> stoppage. I've been in Germany too long. <laughs> uh, Swept stoppage time. Good Lord. Uh, until stoppage time and at the end of the first half, he made two good saves in quick succession. But you just thought, well, this is Dortmund's to lose. And <laughs> nearly did. Well, 90 seconds into the second half, Berkey had a bit of a howler, came out way, way further out than you would want to see him. So strange. Dortmund, they have a rick in them, don't they? Yeah, and it was a real shame because Berkey's been really good again this season. Uh, Yuli Brandt's been playing with, really well since he started starting games Berkey's for been on a run for the last few months, frankly, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, but it was Berkey's error for the first Leipzig goal, Brandt's error for the second Leipzig goal. and um, Bizarre. Yeah, it was a real... I mean, it was a great game of football. It was an unbelievable spectacle. It would have made things super interesting in the league had Dortmund held on for a win. But after the game in the press conference, Nagelsmann was saying, you know, we were lucky to get away with the point tonight. We've seen Favre just... <laughs> because that is, is, he had to win. Because the problem with that is, the thing I worry about with Dortmund is, they're a team that gives you their best shot and they can't beat you. And the great teams win while playing within themselves. And now Leipzig have got a point at Bayern and they've got a point at Dortmund. Those are huge results. Well, the Bayern game was at home. Oh, sorry, it was at home. Yeah, yeah, but, but in but, terms of the pressure they were under, yeah, yeah, I mean, Bayern yeah, were bringing they, a lot of pain at that yeah, point. Yeah. They were lucky to get a point there as yeah. well. Lewandowski did what, he did, did what he does. The tricky thing is that Dortmund have another game on Friday. Um, they're away at Hoffenheim. I'm not sure if Sancho's going to start. He went off with cramp. Royce is definitely out. Royce is out. You know, they've got a lot of injuries still. Pulisic went a season too early. I mean, not for him. Um, not for him, but for the squad. It's ifs and buts, isn't it? Ifs and buts. It's not a position that they're lighting, actually. The position that they're really lighting is as a number nine. Yeah. But I, I actually said on Football Weekly that maybe the lack of number nine kind of benefits Sancho a little bit because it allows that front three to be quite Security. fluid. Yeah. I mean, Royce has said a number of times he doesn't like playing in the number nine role. The difference between this season, from what I can see in last season, is that Favre has allowed them to be a lot more fluid. They're not short of goals either. No, they're not. They're one, one of the top scorers in the Bundesliga. But yeah, unbelievable game from a, an unbelievable round of fixtures, really. I mean, Mainz are on an absolute tear. Yeah. Beat Werder 5-0 in Bremen and Werder are now in the relegation zone and they play Cologne this weekend. They plummeted, haven't they? Yeah. Gladbach beat Paderborn? They did. 2-0. So they're think. actually level on points with Leipzig now, just behind yeah. on goal difference. Hertha beat Leverkusen in Leverkusen. Nuts. Leverkusen were on a really good run and they lost the 
Derby to Cologne on the weekend at, uh, away. And yeah, Hertha beat them at home. Two wins on the bounce for Hertha. Seven from 12 points for Klinsmann since he came in. And they're only two points behind Union now. Bit of a redemption. They're actually on level on points with Eintracht Frankfurt, who were 2-0 up at home to Cologne and, and lost 4-2. They got done. Freiburg were unlucky. Late, late goals. <sighs> late goals from Bayern. Yeah, two in stoppage time at the end of the game. Only good news, one from a debutante. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, Joshua Zerxi came on in the 90th minute and scored two minutes later. And then Serge Gnabry got one a few minutes later. But I mean, Bayern had a lot of chances in the first half, but then Freiburg could have really taken the lead in the second. It's a good little result that as well. Freiburg yeah. have been quite, they've been a bit of a pebble in the sock. And it was a really good atmosphere there because Freiburg are moving stadiums at the end of the season. So it's the last league meeting, at, well, last time Bayern will go there in the league. They've got a really amazing summer festival, actually, apparently, Freiburg. Worth checking yeah. out. Yeah, my friend DJ's down there. In the Schwarzwald. Yeah, good vibe down there. But yeah, one more game to go before the winter break. I'm going to go to... Hertha got glad back on Saturday evening, so I'm going to go right. to that. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and I mean, depending on how things go, Gladbach could end up the winter break outright top. When's the last time Gladbach finished winter champions? Oh, I'm not sure. It might have been when they won the league under Heinkes. Heinkes did the work. Oh my God, imagine getting me on this podcast. Can you imagine? The art of managing. The art of managing. The art of digging your beloved Bayern out of trouble again and again and again and again. I think your wife eventually saying, you know, actually, once too many times. Go uh, back to the Shire. We've got a quick question from Kunle Ajayo about the Brandt goal. It just said, has anyone slid into the DMs of that Julian Brandt goal? <laughs> <laughs> and I replied to him actually, because when I was, when it happened, I stood up and put my hands on my head. You know when Bobby Robson did that for yeah. that Ronaldo goal? Yeah. I probably did that. I was, it was such a weird thing. It was, one of the, it was one of the best goals I think I've seen live. It's absolutely magical. Because when it unfolds, yeah. you know, and you see people, everyone kind of gets up and they, it's this weird thing of yeah. everyone kind of knowing that something's about to happen, you know? Did it remind me of? It reminded me of um, when like an, an, an elite basketball player like Steph Curry starts mm. hitting three-pointers when you're so in the flow because the rhythm with which he takes it, the ball in from Sancho is really precise and it's like, it's almost like, here's an offer. Do it, do it as you will. You know, do it as you will. <laughs> and the way he takes that movement, because Upamecano is having a great game until then. And the way that he steps him like that. And the way he describes it is very understated. He says, oh, I put my body between myself and the, I put my body between the ball and the defenders. Mm-hmm. But that, the turn. It's is, the second touch. It's that, that second it, touch. What, that, yeah. Nips it wide. Yeah. It's so, yeah, the, the first touch, the pirouette sets up the second touch. Yeah. But the whole thing is just like gorgeous. Got That's one of the goals of the season. Yeah, it was yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I got a quick question. From Stefan Ersfeld, ah, who I, Dembo met, I met for the first time at the game, actually. Oh my goodness, what a lovely guy. Who impressed Haaland more, Dortmund or Leipzig? I think I think would be um, Dortmund. He fits so beautifully into Dortmund. I mean, when the rumour came out, I tweeted, actually, I would love to see this signing. I mean, wow, that is, yeah. they're a serious problem if that happens. I think he'd be really good there. I think so. And also, I think, I don't know, just kind of, I just like the fit a little more. I mean, can you imagine like three playmakers behind Haaland. No one wants that smoke. No one wants that. Yeah, because I think also it just gives them a, you know, a height option yeah, as absolutely. well. That's yeah. why I thought maybe someone like Olivier Giroud might be a good signing. I think that obviously Haaland is a little bit more dynamic than Olivier and he's a lot younger. Yeah. I mean, Giroud of, would still be a great option even if he wanted. Yeah. Like, is Giroud... Do you, want, do you know what, This would be a, such a Dortmund move if they somehow managed to move Alcacer on. Yeah sign Haaland and maybe get Giroud on a free yeah. as a backup. And then say to him, do you know what? You might get 25 starts a season. He's mm. like, you know what? I love this group. I love Dortmund. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I love that. Try and get him to sweet talk Sancho into going to Arsenal to join up with his Bezzy. Hey, listen, behave. 
We need Operation Sancho Season Agent Reese Nelson to get on <laughs> yeah, the blower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. We'll do some questions, and then we've got the stadios. Sure thing. All right, back from the break. Let's have a couple of questions. Mukami Wunjayo. I hope I've pronounced that right. Okay, there's a few questions in here. A couple of people have asked about Arteta. So we'll do the other ones. Leipzig Dortmund we've already talked about. Uh, Ancelotti to Everton thoughts. Mm. I mean, just for a sentence, Carlo Ancelotti, Everton manager. Actually, I, I really very like much it. love that. Actually, I really like it because I think that he will get the best out of players who've been badly handled. Why is it keen? Um, I think he'll just improve that well, coach. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that will be massive. Yeah. Really massive. I just think it's going to be really, really good. I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope so. Because he's, he's a player's manager and that goes a long way. And also just his... Oh, he's done it. Like, the currency he has. I he's mean, that a, That's massive for Everton, surely. I mean, Everton are a really big football club, but still, we forget, this is a guy who's won Champions multiple Leagues. Champions Leagues. Three Champions Leagues. I mean, yeah. this is... Yeah. And he knows and, and he's loved... He's loved and he'll bring just the right kind of energy to that. And all of a sudden, Klopp versus Ancelotti in the Merseyside. Oh my God. That's strong. And he also has his own emoji. I think we forget how good he is, actually. There's always that criticism that he doesn't quite take his teams over the finish line in the league, but he's at Everton. He's not expected to win the league. So actually, it suits him ideally. He's going to a club where he can just be very, very competent, which is what he is. Mm. And I think this is the perfect time for those young players to meet someone like him because the whole like chest thumping Duncan Ferguson experiment, no offence, but that, that would have got very grim very quickly. Yeah, well, we saw it with the substitution, huh? It's bizarre. Okay, so there was a couple on Arteta to Arsenal. It looks like it's going to happen. It's really exciting. You got us excited now. Um, I'm going to be completely honest here I actually don't know what I think about it you don't there's a need for that risk I, I, honestly dude I don't know I, I can't really form an opinion I, it's such a it's such an unknown that I have zero idea whether this is a good idea or not can I say this actually if I'm being completely honest as a Manchester United fan if I as an Arsenal fan I find it no as, as watching Arsenal from the outside I'm like oh that's really exciting as a Manchester United fan that no, we've experienced I think that we were amateur about our recruitment and unfortunately I think that if you're going to appoint a manager of a club like Arsenal you basically recruit someone like Tuchel for two years you recruit Nagelsmann and Tuchel and whoever for three you say listen we're talking to three of you for two years or whatever and you just pursue and you're constantly checking in every week well you know my thoughts about Tuchel I mean because he's a genius and also today there were a few reports coming out that PSG want Pep at the end of the season, which means they would release Tuchel from his contract. So I swear, man, if if Tuchel's available at the end of the season and Arsenal have committed to Arteta, can I be honest? I'm gonna be a little bit. I haven't even thought about Pep to PSG, but it's the most Pep thing ever. Uh, you can so see it happening, like Pep being on tactically perfect performances, beating Lorient eleven nil, mm. and then losing to like. <laughs> Stop it! Losing to Real in the quarters. Oh no! No, 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 no. Pep losing to PSG. To Barca. Pep to PSG. Actually, weirdly enough might be the final level of pressure off that he might need to win the Champions League again. Yeah, maybe. He could do it there, actually. Yeah. That's, it might be ideal for him. But going back to the Arteta thing, so yeah. a lot of people use Pep or Zidane as um, examples of giving coaches, you know, club legends the job. 
but people really tend to, and Solskjaer as well, actually, but people tend to forget. Solskjaer was a manager for, what, five years before he took the Manchester United job? Um, Pep was in charge of Barca B in the Segunda, um, or Segunda B. I'm not sure. But, you know, playing in professional leagues. Yeah. And um, Zidane was was in charge of Castilla. Yeah. They'd managed teams in professional leagues already. And listen, I'm not here to like hate on Arteta because obviously I want this to work massively. There seems to be a hell of a lot wrong at Arsenal at the moment. And I think that there's a certain level of authority that comes with someone like Tuchel. You know, if you have an ounce of an inkling that Tuchel is available at the end of the season. That's the thing. Just give, yeah, this yeah. season's a write-off anyway, basically. Yeah. You give someone like Lundberg the job until the end of the season, maybe, and you go hard after Tuchel. Because let's talk about Aubameyang wanting to leave. Where was Aubameyang's best form? Dortmund under Tuchel. Yeah, there's some reports about the PSG dressing room that he's lost it again, but who hasn't lost the PSG dressing room, you know, in its modern kind of makeup? I don't all know, I'm, man. All I'm saying is they better be very careful um, Arsenal that Aubameyang doesn't have the WhatsApp contacts for Leo Messi because Aubameyang. I don't know, man. No, I just think the thing is there seems to be a lot of, there's, there's a lot to do at Arsenal. Yeah. And it's a big job for any manager, let alone someone who hasn't held that position before. You can see why Tata wants it because actually if it's available, it's one of those jobs oh, where it's man, a once 100%. in a lifetime. And just to you know, clarify here, this isn't me taking a pop at Arteta at all because he was brilliant for Arsenal. I definitely want it to work, obviously. I'm just not entirely sure either way what I really think about it. I mean, obviously the lack of experience does concern me, but it, it, could, it could work out to be... I think massive. it's always a good sign seeing how upset City are to lose him. That's quite interesting. Well, yeah, this is one of the real positives. The amount of people who, like Pochettino, Guardiola, all kinds of people just rave about him. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. The anger of City is a good sign, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. One final question before we move on from Mark Holford. How many deadlines is Musa juggling this week? <laughs> oh my God. He came for me. Mark came for me after the last one as well. He found it, he finds it so funny. We should do this every week, actually, shouldn't we? Should I miss how many deadlines? It's just, you know what? Uh, this week it's... You don't actually have to answer that question, dude. Oh uh, no, it's one. It's one deadline this week. Oh yeah? Just one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? Just is that the Stadio piece? No, oh, no, so no. It's two deadlines then. It's two deadlines. Yeah. <laughs> Can you see you taking your work seriously oh, with, God. with the, the thing that you co-founded? Oh, God. Hey, chat shit, get facts, Marcel. Oh, oh rolling out all the classics for Christmas. Get facts. Oh, it's like the Christmas medley. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Shall we move on to our first ever Stadios? Let's do it. I mean, we've kind of underplanned this, actually, so I don't know why we're doing this, but we wanted to do some kind of award thing. We've only got one, two, three, four, five awards. Yeah. Should we read out what the awards are first instead of going through them? Okay. So the awards are the goal of the year, the manager of the year, the team of the year, the catfish of the year. (laughs) Yes, we have to do the catfish of the year. And the player of the year. Yeah. So that's our five awards that we've got. We might have more next year if we do this again, if if it's a good idea. Yeah. Just get a little statue made and send them out. We should. We should. All right. So um, I can't remember which one we said we'd go first. Goal of the year. Goal of the year, yeah. So the only other nominee we had we could think of because we were running a bit short for time was Kim Littles against Reading. Yes. There's been some amazing goals this season yeah. and, and last season, obviously. Before we forget, the Kim Little against Reading um, for us... It was quite recent, so it was in our memory. Re- the reason it's so brilliant is because it's one of those few goals where you see incredible sequence of passing movement before she finishes. And I actually felt stressed on behalf of the defenders 
Mm. I felt anxiety. I'm like, oh, this, they don't deserve this. It was like one of those Instagram videos, you know, where people are sat opposite each other and they're all heading the ball down a table. Yeah, and exactly. The last one puts it in the bin. And everyone goes nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, that's that committal second. The goal of the year? The goal of the year. It has to be the Go great on. Leo Messi against Real Betis. And the reason it's so funny is because Paul Lopez. Lopez. <laughs> Paul Lopez, who was tormented by Messi when he played for Espanyol, moves to Betis and thinks, oh, he can't get me here. And then now Messi, he's had to move to Italy. Messi drops a hat trick on him and oh. floats this chip who have, if you haven't seen, I mean, oh, you, everyone in the universe has seen this goal. I mean, Messi floats it over Paul Lopez. And Lopez is virtually under his own crossbar and he's still not safe. He's still thinking about That's it. That's wild. You know, it reminds me of that, that, that video on um, YouTube of the raccoon running into the courtyard <laughs> and stealing a handful of grain and running off. <laughs> That's what Messi is like. like. I'll come in your yard and steal your grain. There's not a thing you can do about it. He's like a mouse who will take the cheese off the trap and the yeah. trap doesn't slap shut. Out of respect. And you're just like, yeah. how have you done that? <laughs> That's actually brilliant. How have you done that? Paul Lopez, bless him. He's now setting all the mouse mouse traps he can. He can. The worst thing is Paul Lopez probably thought that was the most famous. He probably thought the Espanol game when Messi took him to pieces was the most famous that Messi would make him. Yeah, he thought it can't get any worse. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, unfortunately, Leo couldn't be here tonight to accept his award. No, he couldn't. We tried to we tried to reach out to his people. Actually, we didn't. But he said, "What? What is that? The stadio? I've never heard of stadios." Yeah, but you got one, Leo. You have now, mate. You got one. Yeah, well done, Leo. Like Olympic. Thanks, Leo. Uh, what was the next award? Manager of the year? No, team of the year. Nominees. The team. The nominees were Ajax men's team. Yes. Yes. Liverpool men's team. Yes, absolutely. Best team in the world for the last two years, I would say, on average. Uh, Leon women. Oh my goodness! Well, they've just well they've won five straight. I think they won their twenty fifth Champions League <laughs> in a row. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I was at that final, wasn't I? It was great. Last they fifteen absolutely minutes. Tore Barca to pieces. Good grief! Yeah. The winners of the team of the year are. The United States women's national team. That's as it has to be. Had to be. Had to be. Shout out to Alex Morgan, though. Self-sacrificial role up front. Well, they were just, they were just so dominant. They were so dominant. But I want to just shout her out because I think sometimes that role, we 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 see Giroud play it and we see Alex Morgan play it where you're kind of told this isn't necessarily going to be your tournament from a goal scoring perspective, but you're going to draw open the spaces that allow others to plunder. Yeah. Great role. So, yeah. I also want to just shout out Rose Lavelle, who was my favourite player at that tournament by a long yeah. way. Yeah. It's just that kind of, um, not, not really a box the box, but kind of that shut the eight role, the dynamic eight, which is a really popular thing. You know, it's, and it's, it's, it, it takes such a diverse skill set to play that role. So yeah. You're a two-way player. It's like, you, it's like you said a million times, man. It's like, you know, when she comes running at defences, it's like when Omar turns up in the wire and everyone yeah. just gets the hell out of there. Lavelle coming. Lavelle coming. Rose is coming. Rose is coming. Everyone's out. Rose. Everyone's like, no, 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 I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I don't want this. Rose, you best roll out. We're up in here with a Mac 10. So yeah, congratulations to the US Women's National Team. I bet they're well chuffed they want a stadio. Yeah. Oh my God, we're on the inaugural stadios. I wonder if Megan Rapinoe's going to tweet us saying, wow, you know, out of all of the awards I've won this year, the winning the this weird podcast award that no one <laughs> listens to is oh a really goodness. big deal. <laughs> Manager of the year, or are we going Catfish of the year first? Ah, no, 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 no. Manager first. Catfish will come later. Uh, catfish Cat, is the main award. Cat, catfish is the main award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so manager... No, no, no. It's not the main award. It looks like the main award, but it's actually not. <laughs> so meta. It's not so, even an award. It's not, exactly. All right, manager of the year. The nominees were... We'll begin with a J. Joe Montemora. Yep. 
Arsenal women coach. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant season last year from Joe with and a the very football. small squad and, football playing. and a brilliant football, loads of injuries. Shouts to Joe. Uh, another nominee, Jill Ellis. Uh, of course. You know what I love about this World Cup? The way she managed with such control. And she got so much shit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, like. Leaving out the best midfielder. Like, I was like, but kept finding solutions. And the best international, I think coaching in a tournament is so interesting mm. because every round presents unfamiliar dynamic. Yeah. And you can blow a team out and then the next game, you know, you get, you, you get a bit ahead of yourself and all of a sudden it's, it's tougher. And she just kept finding answers all the way through the tournament. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. So controlled. Third nominee, Jorge Jesus. Do you know, I'm so happy for him getting his joy in the Libertadores because he'd been always the nearly man at Benfica in yeah. European tournaments. And to win, I mean, Flamengo's first um, Libertadores, 81, right? 81, since the days of Zico. First one in my lifetime. Just amazing. Not the first one in your lifetime. It's talking to a friend of mine. No. <laughs> 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 oh I'm my with God. the spice. Still had hair back then. Oh, I did. Well, I did. you were 25. Oh my God. <laughs> Oof. Do you know what? Do you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm walking I'm out. No, I'm, wow. Wow. Do you know what it was? Ryan's wearing the red drill top and he came out with the spice. He's gone full habanero. Oh, this is astonishing. Dressed like a hipster. That's an ambush. Just shit like a hipster. <laughs> that is an ambush. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Sorry, fam. Podcast rule 4080. Ryan Han is shady. Oh my goodness. Hey, um, I edit it. I get to be as shady as I want. That was amazing. Um, sorry. So yeah, shout out to Mr. Jesus because... It was a big, big win. My friend Fernando was just saying, she's a big Flamengo fan, mm. the best thing about him was he really just got yeah. the culture of the club. Yeah. Wonderful, yeah. I'm really happy for him, actually. Yeah, it's lovely. Really, really happy for him. Then who's our manager of the year? Oh, Sir Jurgen Klopp of it's Merseyside. Got to be. Although, to actually, be. no, I'm not going to call him Sir Jurgen Klopp because he would totally not back a knighthood. Yeah, never take it. <laughs> never take it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Jurgen Klopp. He's amazing. He's amazing. Um, He's everything I thought he'd be when he arrived at Liverpool. When he arrived at Liverpool, I was yeah. like, I said to my this friends, problem. oh no. I said, that's yeah. the guy I wanted. He yeah. is just best coach in the world. There was that point. run where Klopp went to Liverpool, Pep went to City and Tucker went to PSG. And I think I tweeted at the time, it was a long time ago, I was sick of having my heart broken by men that I'd never met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wanted Klopp to be Arsenal manager. What's that, Diana Russell? I'm still world. waiting. Oh, I'm, I'm just still a fool. Waiting. Exactly. I am just a fool. Just a fool. I just love how he conducts himself. You know, beyond even the tactics, the rotation, and the style of play, the the varieties of style he's used. Slight full start the Europa League final, and everyone was like laughing at him. He hasn't won a final yet, but I was like, actually, with that with that Liverpool team, almost victims of their own success because. Mm-hmm. He took a team that really, in terms of its squad, wasn't that impressive. Yeah. And it just kept kept improving them. I can't find anything to dislike about the guy. I can't really find anything to criticise. There might be something, but even just on a human level as well, he seems to really get Liverpool. Yeah. The city, the club, the region, the fans. And on a human level, he just seems to just really value the human nature of football a lot more than than a lot of people seem to yeah. on the surface anyway. I mean, I, they, they yeah. might do behind the scenes, but, you know, I mean, imagine we've, we've played football at very, you know, obviously not Premier League standards, but manager dynamics are really important, even at the level we've played at. And playing for someone like Klopp, you just want to, it's a, such a huge cliche, but you're when people say, work, you, you know, yeah. run for a brick wall for them. Yeah, but every morning, you imagine, do it. Every morning at work, you're going to work with Klopp. Yeah. That's, come on. I mean, and you yeah. get paid for it. Unbelievable. 
Yeah, so manager that's the, of the kind year. of manager that people rave about, that players rave about to each other. Oh, yeah. you, you, and I think you, you even saw it in the way that he extended the contract recently. Yeah, you know, he said that it was starting to affect potential transfers because players wanted to know whether he was staying or not. You know, so he come. He didn't even go to the negotiations. He just sent his his representatives because he knew it was going to be pretty calm. And that is, I can't think of a club and a manager probably since Pep and Barca who have gelled so, so well. utterly perfectly. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, obviously we all have our kind of allegiances on a fan point of view, but if you step out of it as a neutral, as a fan is, of football, it I'm is glad so unbelievable that Liverpool are back at this point because they were the dominant force when we were growing up and everyone feared them and they've more than had, you know, more than paid their dues, if you like, in terms of, how how long they haven't won the league for? The yeah, they've had a couple yeah. of like, I mean, they still won the European Cup twice in that time, and other European competitions and cup competitions. But to be this dominant now, and with a guy who, even though he's not a, a scouser, he's like, but it's almost he's a, basically it's a, a scouser. Spi- but that scouser thing is like a spirit. It's like you know, yeah. when you talk about, you know what I mean? It's like the energy that they he's bring. Saying to the it. spirit of Shankly moves. Like- Absolutely, <laughs> the spirit of Shankly. Listen, you There's heard the it. tweet. Listen. <laughs> Those, the two Liverpool fans that listen to this podcast. <laughs> Harry, I know you're there. I know you're there, Harry. Hey, I sh- shouts to my friend Ash. He's a Liverpool fan. Ash there we in go. Tbilisi. That's two. There we go. We've got two Liverpool fans. He's the biggest Liverpool fan I know and he lives in Tbilisi. Probably the biggest stadio fan as well. <laughs> Thank shouts you. to Ash. Thanks, Ash. As a um, legend. So yeah. Bet, do you know what? Out of everyone who won an award, Klopp would probably be the only one who would phone in a voice message. He probably would. We should ask him. <laughs> should ask him. Uh, how Guys, many- I'm so happy to have the stadio. It's an amazing award. We're just, you know, it's wonderful. All right, this is so shambolic. I'm so sorry, everyone. Just me and Musa talking about making a podcast for an audience of two. <laughs> uh, do you want to, what do you want to do? Do you want to do Player of the Year? Or do you want, and you want to do Catfish of the Year last? Uh, I think people are more excited about the Catfish of the Year. So let's player see. of the Year, Player of the Year, uh, okay. now than Catfish last. Player of the Year nominees are Virgil van Dijk. Absolutely. Big Verge. Lucy Bronze. A Titanic season, both for Leon and England. Just Dominant, utterly dominant, the entire right flank. Lionel Messi. Leo, shout out. Got to be in there. He could have a bad year. Even not, not that he has had a bad year. Leo Messi could play year. football carrying a, carrying a, with a cigar in one hand and a glass of whiskey in the other and still be top three. Carrying Ronaldo on his back. Oh. No, that's Modric. Sorry. To back up quick, the nominees were Lionel Messi, Lucy Bronze, Virgil van Dijk, which means our Stadio Player of the Year has to be Vivian Miedema. Absolutely. This was a tough one. We spoke about this for we ages, did. didn't we? But this level of dominance from Miedema every week, obviously you've been following her career closely for longer than I have, um, but just I'm, I'm amazed by the, the precision of the finishing and not just the goals, it's the playmaking. It's so rare to get a player who is that decisive, that often, but also doesn't look to score as the primary, you know, she scores because it's the most logical, mm. so she, it's the most logical solution. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to revisit the tweet that we shouted out the other day from Tim Stillman, because I just think that this is all the evidence you need. So purely for this calendar year, 53 goals scored, won the Women's Super League, broke the record for the goals in a single Women's Super League season, broke the Netherlands all-time goal scoring record at the World Cup age 22. She made it to the World Cup final. None of those goals were penalties. It's absolutely wild. Talk about encapsulating everything about Viv as a player. 
when Arsenal won 11 1 against Bristol, scored six, set up four. And just came off light work. Yeah. Light work. And it's because she's not super high profile on the marketing side of stuff or on social media. And she's notoriously not really that bothered about it. I could really see Viv Miedema not winning as many, say, Ballon d'Ors as she probably should. But also, I don't really think she cares. No, she's absolutely in, lethal. In every interview that she does, she doesn't really seem to give a shit about it. It's the real G's move in silence thing. Absolutely. You know you're yeah. that good, yeah. you don't care. You yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You know, you just do it. And I think that's the same thing with, with Leo, with Messi. I think, I, don't th- I think deep down, Messi doesn't really care about Ballon d'Ors, really. Do you know what? This isn't me making this up either. I think she's probably my favourite player at Arsenal. They're utterly dominant. From within 40 yards of goal, there's a, she, she has a solution. And mm. what's interesting about Arsenal as well is they are a team that they're, in, like, they're like a, they've got a load of great playmakers in that side. They've got loads of goal scorers. What's interesting is that someone that is dominant, normally in a team like that, where you have one player who scores so many goals, they overwhelm the attack, everything mm. goes through them. But it doesn't. With it. It's really interesting. She's, she gets out of the way of other players when she needs to. And she's at the peak of the attack when she needs to. It's very rare that you see that in a, in a, she's basically a number nine. She makes a mockery of the false nine position, but she's a pure nine and almost like a pure 10. And, and half an eight, an eight, and, an eight well. and an eight yeah. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And Wild. But also the goals that she set, set up against Bristol City, for example, they were all crosses. She was like playing winger. I've never seen a player like that. Actually. Yeah, she's yeah, a complete yeah. unicorn, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, congrats to Vivian Miedema for yeah. being the first ever Stadio player Over of the year. year. Yeah. I'm sure she's well chuffed. <laughs> <laughs> and now to the, the highlight of the evening. Yes, drum, drum roll. roll. Oh my goodness, the conclusion, the denouement of our grand Stadio Gala. I'm really scared about this award because we're going to piss so many people off. Do you know why we won't? Because they, they all know. Will, they will know in their hearts. <laughs> Just a slow nod out the car window. Yeah. Give us the nominees for the 2019 Stadio Catfish of the Year. Okay, the French national women's side. <laughs> God, I feel so mean already. Yeah, but they, you know, you know what, you know why it's fair though? Because that team, on reflection, well, we said this maybe at the time, playing at home, big things expected, but the USA saw them coming a mile off. And also perhaps when you go stale, you've won that many Champions Leagues in a row, coming off the back of that, you get caught cold, you get mugged. And this is kind of, they, they, they started the tournament reasonably, um, but never quite built up the steam. Yeah, The expectation was always ahead of the quality I felt. And, you know, Leon hadn't really been tested in that, that run. And that's the kind of the core of their team. And they came a cropper. I mean, they did go out to the eventual champions. So they, I mean, they, they but did. I think it was more the manner of they, just they, they, because. Yeah, it was. So, they were quite underwhelming in that game. They were really. So yeah, they've got to be a nominee. Maybe yeah. a little bit harsh, but sorry. That, but listen, the catfish award by definition is just to be desolé. Exactly. Hey, are you really? <laughs> Carry on. We next nominee, Borussia Dortmund. And I think it's mainly because of last year. It is. It is. I'm for, I mean, last season that should be. So oh, cat, this feels, catfish. God, I feel like I'm. Picking which which of my pets I've got to let go. This is yeah, but this I mean, look Dortmund. They kind of victims of hesitation, but they did catfish. Us. Do you know what I've noticed? All of these catfish nominees and the winner are people that we somehow have been invested in. Yeah, we've been, they've let us down. But that's uh, the thing about catfish. The point is about catfish. You are invested in it. Yeah, it's it's, it's normally, all from a place of love. In a this dating never context, a, yeah, you, this is never out of spite. It's always sadly. just. I'm not even angry. I'm just so disappointed in all of you. A catfish with the final, <laughs> the final product is so far, so radically far from what was envisaged. 
Uh, the third nominee, and I'm probably not even sure why they're in here, but they just I think they're probably there by default. Honorary. <laughs> they're already honorary catfish. Arsenal men's football team. Every bloody year. Stop wibbling the table. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just laughing so hard. Poor Arsenal. I remember the first, I think it was the first or second episode of Stadio. I was saying... Oh, this has been the best summer ever for oh, Arsenal. God. We're moving the ball really quick. We've got all of these youngsters coming through. We've even got unbelievable football kits for the first time in like six years. There is literally nothing that could go well. Not that could go wrong. There was like you know, there's nothing it. to worry about. This is it. And I, what did I say to you? The worst thing about Arsenal this season, and the most worrying thing about Arsenal this season, was that there was nothing to worry about. Oh my god! <laughs> Fast forward to Christmas time. And have you ever seen Arsenal, who are renowned for being an absolute shit show, have you ever seen them in a bigger... Like- Do you know what? The Arsenal are the only club where I can tweet, oh, name of club, and get a sympathetic response, even though yeah. I'm not an Arsenal fan. When I tweet, oh, Arsenal, people are like, it genuinely comes from a place of hurt. It's I like think just someone like, yeah, we've already got a table, come and join us. <laughs> exactly, oh, Arsenal. <laughs> Shout out to Arsenal fans and Arsenal Twitter, because... Just gives me all the content I could possibly want. I've said this before, but in terms of like online vitamins, yeah. Arsenal just give me everything. <laughs> <laughs> they give me everything. Thanks. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Oh, it's a joy. All right. a joy. Oh, God. So who is the winner? I, I, right. The winner the of the 2019 Stadio Catfish, Catfish of, of the Year, year Award is, is Everton. <laughs> <laughs> when I said, when I said, <laughs> Everton had an amazing summer transfer window. They're going to be really good. My friend Daniel Tasker, he wrote, he said, Musa, please. He was pleading. Musa said, and I. Please. Do you know what? Do you know what? The catfish of the year could also be framed as the Musa and Ryan know absolutely nothing about football award because these are all people who we expected so much from. Yes, and just didn't get point, it. So maybe it's us actually. The reason maybe we're Ever- the catfish. Yes, maybe. But the reason it's so painful for Everton is because I was specifically begged. I was begged by an Everton fan. He said, please, Musa, don't talk us up. We're we really said, going to struggle. We said, no. We said, <laughs> we really could good. really see, we could definitely see them breaking into the top six. <laughs> it's our fault. And we <laughs> could potentially see them pushing for like a top five or... Yes, because that quality well, squad. I think we said, if one of those top six clubs falls out... Everton will be right there. Oh, God. <laughs> and Daniel, I've got the email. He begged for me. He said, please, Musa, like, I'm really concerned. We'll be in the rele- relegation zone. You're talking us up too much. I was like, oh, no, no. I didn't even address it. The worst thing was, he sent me this email. I didn't even address it at the time that it was sent in the podcast. I thought, oh, no, no, it can't be. It. Oh, no. Daniel just being Daniel, you know, he's, he's just being down on himself. He, he can't know. But Daniel understands the soul. Oh, God. He understands what's going on. And, well, you know, so I, mean, I, I suspect we won't hear from the faithful. Um, the but- catfish is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Evan fans. But actually, you're all nodding. Yeah, because actually in our hearts, we know. We all know if we are in our hearts. It hurts because it's true. Look, we've all been a catfish at some point in our lives. Oh my God, We've we've all flattered to deceive. Dude, I got invited on Football Weekly. (laughs) It's the most catfish invitation (laughs) of all time. We've all flattered to deceive at some point in life. Personally, professionally, or both. Dude, I'm a white guy. It's in our nature. Oh my goodness. Skateboarding into every office. Catfish of the animal kingdom. Yeah. It's the most catfish demographic. 
I, time. I, yeah, at one point we'll do a catfish podcast for my own personal lives, but until then, Everton, we're, we're so sorry you've had to take the L, but thank you for being just a gracious football team and, and actually playing some great stuff. Playing some great just stuff. a great football club and we want yeah, them to do well. Exactly. This is from a place of love, but yeah. will they be Carlo's catfish this time? Next exactly. Year? <laughs> what's, the, what's the Italian for catfish? I don't know. Oh, can someone tell us? Should have just called James Horncastle. We should have actually. Would you oh. tell us? Would you tell us? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Ask him next time. Um, right, let's wrap because we're running long. Okay. And we will do one more podcast before Christmas. We might have to do it a little bit before all of the games are done on Sunday, but we'll... Oh, no one will care by then, will they? They'll be fine. A uh, quick bit of admin before we go. Don't forget to check the site, stadio.football. Loads of stuff going up. Check us on Instagram at Stadio Football, on Twitter at Stadio. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed our... <laughs> Your stadios, Absolutely yeah. chaotic stadios. <laughs> because of the catfish ending, we're going to play out on, I think, what I'm going to call an anthem for all fans of catfish teams. <laughs> Brilliant. Why Does Your Love Hurt So Much is the main lyric in this song. Carly Simon, why? We're playing out on that. We'll be back in a few days. See you next time. I'm so sorry. 